Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into I, Tanya in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. There really aren't a lot of films left from 2017 that I feel the need to see uh, in preparation for award season, uh, not just uh, the Oscars and um, the Guild Awards that have yet to be uh, determined, but also my own personal awards, the Circle of Film Awards. Uh, I'm nearing the end of that uh, theoretical journey. And I, Tanya is one of the few movies that has taken until mid-January to be available for me to see. Uh, the big ones that I really only have left to watch are Phantom Thread and The Post, which I'm going to be seeing, uh, I believe, this weekend. So I'll get that one uh, taken care of as well. I have seen Call Me By Your Name. I'm going to wait to review it until I've seen it a second time, though. So I, I, that that is that episode is coming. Uh, it just will take a little bit longer to get get here. And... Beyond that, you know, that's there's a couple of foreign language films, but it's mostly or mostly all wrapped up here, which is wonderful, which is absolutely a wonderful feeling. Uh, you know, it's I could have had all these watched, obviously, you know, months ago if they didn't all come out at the end of the year and wait until February to go wide, but it's not the reality we live in. So. That being said, today's review is about Itania. I literally got home 30 minutes ago uh, from seeing it. Uh, I took the time to enter the data into the spreadsheet first and foremost and uh, just kind of see where things stood and get a handle on what nominee nominations I was going to get give the movie and my own awards, if any, uh, just to make sure I knew what I was getting into really. And as it turns out, uh, it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> I gotta say, I, I really enjoy the movie. It was a lot of fun. It was really funny. One of the funnier films of the year um, that I've seen. You know, between that, Big Sick, Lady Bird, uh, you know, all these sort of comedy dramas uh, that, that we've had this year, they're all very, very enjoyable, very, very easy to watch. And they just... They exub they're they're so exuberant in in the way that they display their characters. You know, when you compare Tanya Harding to Lady Bird herself, uh, to to uh, Kumail in Big Sick, like all three of them are given such a wide and 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 welcoming lens in which to display themselves. You know, we get to see their ups and downs, their good moments and bad moments, and I, I think when you look at Tanya Harding as as a character and not as a real person, it's very easy to see, you know, be charmed by Margot Robbie's performance and the vibes that she gives off. She, you know, she plays Tanya Harding incredibly well, and you kind of whatever you think you know about the uh, Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan incident is kind of left by the wayside. And 
I really didn't bring any of that baggage into the movie with me. I was far too young when that took place to really know what happened and to, you know, have seen any of the media coverage. I wasn't really around for that. And then I didn't, I th- I'm sure I'd like heard about it in, in very vague references, but I didn't really know what it was about and what had really gone down and what had happened until I listened to the headline news song of Weird Al's, where one of the verses is devoted to Tanya Harding and uh, her, what she did. And that's really where I really fully grasped the situation. And even still, like, I'd never seen a documentary about the subject. I'd never, like, watched an interview. I didn't know anything about the people. I never looked it up on Wikipedia. This was not uh, something that was on the radar for me. And it wasn't anything I was really concerned with. I didn't I, you know, if I time doesn't come out, there's a good chance, like, I never watch uh, or, or read anything else about this particular thing that happened. And so, heading into the movie, you know, understanding that this movie was going to be from Harding's point of view and present her as this conflicted, um, gray area character who, you know, we feel sympathy for, I brought the only baggage I really brought in was that I had assumed uh, and and I don't know that this is necessarily a wrongful assumption but I assumed that Tanya Harding was complicit in what happened uh, as far as um, the 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 incident itself and that it was, it was, she was motivated by, by, I don't know, revenge. You know, you, you hear these stories of like, well, Tanya Harding didn't want to lose to Nancy Kerrigan. And so, you know, she, she had her whacked effectively. And that's not at all the story that the movie presents us with. The movie does not say that. That is not the narrative that Harding or Jeff, her boyfriend or boyfriend slash ex-husband, uh, is is telling us that's not how we come at this story, which I appreciate because well, I don't really even know the story, but it's different from what I had been led to believe, and uh, different is usually more interesting than what you assume. And as we you know we go through this movie, it's not really about that incident in and of itself. It's it's more about. Tanya Harding, and, and it's more about the way she is and the way she was brought up, the way she was raised, how she became the person that, you know, America loved to hate. And most of that is shown through her relationship with her mother, played brilliantly by Allison Janney, and her relationship with her husband, uh, also played brilliantly by Sebastian Stan. Uh, they're, man, like, she and Sebastian Stan go at it. They are no holds barred, uh, pedal to the metal in that relationship. And it's depressing, it's disappointing, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, more than once, you know, I thought in my back, I just kept thinking in the back of my head, like, no, please don't do this again and again. And... You know, it all, and all of that relationship stems from her relationship with her mother. That is what this movie ultimately drives us at. And for better or worse, 
uh, as depending on who you ask, even within the movie itself, uh, Alison Janney's um, as as Tanya's mother was a hard ass. She rode Tanya Harding into the ground. Um, she was very forceful in the way that she expressed herself. She was not. She didn't mince words. She was very blunt. She was very aggressive. She was very. Uh, she she. You know, there's a scene where she pays. We we realize that she pays somebody to um, antagonize her daughter in, in in order to make Tanya Harding like that much more um, resilient. In order to make her feel like the world is against her, and in order to inspire her to accomplish um, her routine, her her performance, and. To hear Alice and Jenny's character talk about that, it, it's a good thing. She helped her daughter. She sacrificed the love of her daughter for, uh, for, for the sake of her daughter's success. And I mean, there's there's so many layers to really unpack with that. It's it's terrifying to say the least to think that that's the correct way to go about things. I I was reminded of there's a there's an episode of Parks and Recreation where uh, Retta's character, um, I can't think of her name, uh, Retta's character and, and uh, Nick Offerman's character, I don't know why I can't think of their names. Um, I'm going to have to... Uh, Ron Swanson, Retta, Parks, and Wreck. Retta, Retta, Retta. My gosh, why won't you just why won't you just tell me the name? Donna. Donna. Okay, it's where Donna and Nick Offerman, uh, Ron Swanson, are competing against each other. No, it's not, is it? Is it? Is it? No, it's I, I shouldn't have even didn't even have to look it up. It's Swan, Ron Swanson, Nick Offerman's character, and Oh my gosh, this is killing me. I've seen this show so many times lately. And I can't think of any of these people. Oh man. Uh, Rob Lowe as Chris Traeger. The two are pitted against each other in order to try to convince Jerry to work better. Alright. And Ron Swanson does it through fear. And Chris Traeger does it through kindness and giving and obviously Allison Janney's character exhibits the fear aspect of that thing you know she is she belittles her daughter she is a very very um, um, mean and just cruel and it's it's difficult to watch at times and it's kind of like you're flabbergasted that a person could could act this way and then not only is she acting this way but then they cut to like an interview with Allison Janney talking directly to the camera and saying and like defending what she did and saying that it was the right thing to do effectively which is just mind-boggling you know you don't people don't treat each other that way it's it's not uh, you know you you this is your family, this is your daughter, and you you are willing to just completely destroy them mentally for the sake of what you perceive to be the the best outcome and that's that's uh, 
man, that is just uh, not not good. It's not right. And I, I find that both very troubling and, and problematic, but when you watch it in this movie, it's somehow Craig Gillespie, the director, and Stephen Rogers, the writer, they have crafted it in such a way that it is incredibly funny. And I don't I don't know how. I, I don't know what exactly the 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 difference is. I don't know what the steps that were taken would have been, but it's it's a very, very funny movie. And and some of the funniest moments are just like the way that you have old Alice and Janney juxtaposed with young Alice and Janney, you know, commenting on her own actions, explaining that, you know, uh yeah, she she did that. She was she's very candid about these things. She's she's you know, it, it's that kind of laughter that you have of disbelief, uh, you know, when she's just like I, I, I don't know. I, the, the, the easiest example I have is, is kind of a spoiler, so I don't want to give it. But, it, it, man, it's just it's, it's difficult but very enjoyable at the same time. And it's a very weird line the movie walks in order to achieve that result. And it's, it's very fascinating in that sense. But, so, so ultimately, we watch as Tanya Harding grows up with this vindictive and and vile evil woman you know controlling her life and how that made her you know used to taking that abuse and and accustomed to it and and actually you know to a certain degree expecting it and how that in and of itself just kind of snowballed into her marriage into her relationship as a with as an as a ice skater and what kind of became of her and how that led to the incident which is kind of the the cherry on top of this movie uh you know all the characters that are kind of being interviewed and like kind of sit down and be like so i guess it's time to talk about the incident and that's when the movie you know, that's kind of what you expect to see when you go to see a Tanya Harding movie. Like, all right, well, this is obviously going to be about the hit. And to a large extent, it's really not. You know, we barely see Nancy Kerrigan in this movie, uh, which I like. I'm, I'm, I, I appreciated that element of it. I think that was a good and, and correct decision. But more to, more to it, you know, we see the sort of successes and failures of Tanya Harding in an appealing way. You know, she's painted as this sympathetic character, and I came out of this movie actually thinking, you know, yeah, I I, I don't have sort of any reference point to start from as being too young to know the events very well, but I have no reason to believe that the large portion of that movie wasn't true other than obviously you know at the very beginning of the movie before the first scene you know we're given a title card that tells us you know this is totally true and yada 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 uh, conflicting interviews etc etc so obviously not everything is true Especially when, you know, two characters are saying, well, this thing happened, and the other character's like, no, this thing happened. So, 
you know, obviously there's some some something between the lines there, but that's that's the fascinating aspect of it because there is a truth, right? Like there really is a true state of events that happened because this is based on a true story. And obviously elements of this movie were dramatized for effect and punched up for humor uh, and crafted in order to better display the talents of not just the actors, but the people behind them. And so you got to kind of take everything with a grain with with a grain of salt. But you know, there it seems perfectly plausible that the the sequences and of events in this movie would have led to the end result, in my opinion. And it's it's fascinating to have painted this picture in such a way that feels so different from what I expect most of the stories were being told at the time had been about. I fully expect that had I been old enough around 1992 when this was all going on to have lived through this event that, you know, Nancy Kerrigan, always the victim. I, uh, Tanya Harding, the villain, and pretty much... It was just, you know, all so bad for uh, Nancy Kerrigan. She topped the game. She was such a promising young figure, figure skater. Uh, this was a really big setback. Tanya Harding, you know, was only a matter of time. She's been a bad egg for forever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this movie just completely throws all that narrative away. And, you know, the characters even address that throughout the film, you know, just constantly explaining, you know, like, why would I do this thing that everyone keeps saying I would do. Why would I, you know, hurt my best friend? Who would do such a thing? And it's funny. Uh, the delivery from Margot Robbie is fantastic. It's 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 highly enjoyable. But it's also very thought-provoking. Um, because if you've never, you know, if you haven't experienced this event, it you, you kind of have this notion and preconceived idea in your head that it was, Tanya Harding was the bad guy. And this movie gives you the story that it's not. And if you do have the preconceived notion that there's, that you like lived through it, you've heard so many times over and over and over again what's taken place and you've seen the interviews and whatnot. Like this, while obviously not a documentary, obviously this is not, you know canon in the official story of what happened it does show that there may have been more to this that's going on and that um while obviously this side of the story might not be completely true either the initial side of the story probably isn't perfectly true as well and it it does afford you that sense of a gray area in in the events that took place back in 92 which is good, I think. I, I think that's a very good thing. I think we, we as, a, as a species, we as a people, tend to latch on to a thing and refuse to change our minds about that thing. And the fact that this movie has been so instrumental and so impactful in how we perceive this event is very telling and very impressive and something I'm very pleased by. Uh, because I think that's a that's an important aspect of any 
story and of any sort of event is knowing that there's more than one way to look at it. There's more than one vantage point. And this is a very interesting, unique, and uh, entertaining vantage point to have made a movie out of. And so I appreciate that uh, quite substantially, quite substantially. So uh, without going into spoilers, like I said, I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, I ended up giving it a 78. So it's not the best. Uh, I, I do think that as far as like things that I think that, that, that I felt detracted from the movie, it, it did feel a little long at times, a little long in the tooth every once in a while. It was, um, I don't know, it, it ended up being, every once in a while I felt like it was a little bit too uh, tongue-in-cheek, and I, I think that they went a little overboard with that aspect. It works very well a lot of the time, but once in a while, for me, it didn't, uh, and it's just, it's, and, and I think sort of, uh, about, mm, about halfway through, I felt it was a little long, it, it, it picks up, it's, it's fantastic out of the gate, it picks up at the end, but in the middle, it does drag a little bit for me, uh, so, so that, you know, it's not, incredible it's not going to be in my top 10 at the end of the year but it is definitely a a good movie that that is going to you know reward you if you choose to watch it it's going to be funny it's going to be enjoyable that being said uh it currently it it, it currently makes its way into two uh circle of film award categories as of right now it jumps into female supporting uh, performance, uh, which is exciting and fascinating. It knocks out uh, Allison Williams from Get Out, who re-entered recently, but has now been pushed out of that category again. And it also enters in the tactile effects category. And I'm trying to see what it knocked out of there, out of there, but not really don't remember I guess I can look actually I can still see uh, 2017 tactile it knocks out loving Vincent that's right loving Vincent knocked out of that category and out of the circle of film awards entirely for this year at this point I Tanya slots in with some pretty fantastic makeup and hairstyling and costumes. Uh, I thought those were all fa all great. Um, really, you know, they did good sound work and, and just the way that they cut the movie uh, to sort of overlay the na the, the narration and um, the, the voiceover, I thought works really, really well and in its favor. And even like, I, I don't know, even like the sets, excuse me, even like the production and, and the sets of the movie are pretty strong. Like they're not flashy, they're not like over the top or anything like that, but they're solid. There's nothing there that's really detracting from the movie. Uh, the biggest thing that kind of pulls you out of the movie, the very, the very first uh, figure skating scene with Margot Robbie is painful to watch for me. <laughs> it was very painful because... It was like, 
you could clearly see the divide between her head and the body of somebody else. Uh, I was worried that that would really damage the movie overall. Unfortunately, fortunately, uh, there there's a no- notable improvement uh, with each subsequent figure skating scene going on afterward. So the first one is quite sketchy, but it does improve as the movie progresses. So, you know, special effects completely off the board. Tactile effects, very, very strong, and uh, makes its way into the list of nominees. Uh, Just there, Margot Robbie misses uh, for me for female lead at this point. I just don't see... She's she's incredible. She's definitely top 10. She's not top 5. I think the same could be said for uh, Gillespie as, as a director. And Steven Rogers, a screenplay. I think all those are very, very strong, but just not as outstanding as the rest of the current nominees at the moment. So that's 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 the situation we're in. Uh, Tanya, I, Tanya has two nominations. Uh, we'll see if it can hold on to both of those um, by the time I finish watching the last like three or four movies that need to be seen. Uh, but. It, it looks like there will at least be some uh, representation for Itania in uh, about a month, a little over a month, when I finally feel comfortable uh, talking about Circle of Film Awards for 2017. Uh, so, all that said, uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I'm not going to do spoilers. Kind of can't spoil this because of, you know, what's... Uh, because it's, you know, it was based on a real story, but I really, you know, there's not too much I really would want to say anyway, uh, after spoilers, so no spoilers, uh, I just, I, I recommend going to see it, I think it's, it's a good time at the movies, um, it's not, you know, it, it's still, it does drag a little, but it's still under two hours, so it doesn't feel, it's not, you know, Blade Runner, it's not, it's not The Last Jedi, it's not two and a half hours, so it's definitely a strong, solid time investment of a movie, and uh, it's an awards player. It's been doing incredibly well. It's won a Golden Globe. It did well at Critics' Choice. Uh, I fully expect it to get at least one, at least two Oscar noms. We we were expecting. Uh, it looks like at least Roby and Janney will get in. Maybe elsewhere. So. Uh, the future is bright for this movie. Uh, so, uh, moving on, uh, I guess um, I guess now is a good time to uh, talk about the Fantasy Movie League update. So let's do it. Here we go. We sink into our seats right as they dimmed out all the lights. A technicolor world made out of music and sheen. I mean, Because this is a four-day weekend, uh, means actuals don't really roll in until later, in t- later Tuesday, I'm being forced to record this Tuesday morning, and uh, because of that, I don't really know where the PC or BP is going to end up uh, at this point. I do know that it will likely be either Jumanji or The Greatest Showman, and uh, if that is the case, if that, if that bears out, and we don't see a spoiler like The Commuter or The Post sneak in at the last second... Uh, no one really makes out that well this weekend. 
And that's because no one played more than one screen of either of those two movies in the Cinderella's League. Uh, at the moment, uh, the current leader, based on the projections with a Jumanji best performer, is JLA Born, uh, followed by MJ Labo, Perks Plex, and Kill Music. But uh, BP is currently priced at like a hundred, or, or Perfect Cineplex is currently priced around $125 million. No one's even broken 115 on our league. So while a lot of people went with Star Wars, The Commuter, The Post, Paddington, not a lot of those people are making out per- too well in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but for all of us, thankfully, no one really uh, hit this nail on the head, and no one's really going to benefit too greatly in the long run, uh, which is all the more pleasing to me because my dumb idiot head went with Proud Mary, which is the worst performer of the weekend, uh, based on estimates. I still think it's going to come up from $12 million. I don't know if it'll be enough to surpass Paddington, but um, that remains to be seen. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And yeah, so that's kind of where we're at with uh, week seven, the halfway point of the season. And I'll have a better update for you next week when uh, I, I can use actuals and put the numbers in. So that's where we're at. Uh, thank you for listening to this uh, today's episode. Um, if you want to check out more information about the podcast, about me, about the spreadsheet, about anything, you can head over to circleoffilm.com. You want to get in touch with me, you can do that through email, circleoffilm at gmail.com, or uh, head over to Twitter at circleoffilm. Happy to respond to you there as well. And if you'd like to support the show in any monetary fashion you deem fit, uh, fitting, then uh, check out patreon.com slash circle of film for all that and more. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be to say goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view.